early stage deal today and we brought another fund in. They just can't take any more money, so we didn't go out and find more funds. But it's really important to work with other teams. The sum of the parts is always greater than the parts themselves. And the other teams are going to find issues and positives or negatives that you missed. And we're going to share that due diligence. You know, we have our ultra secret investor, you know, Slack rooms and WhatsApp rooms that uh, we all talk. So the investors have a lot of clout in the industry. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are continuing this year's Cannabis Investor Series with another former guest, Steve Schumann, the founder and managing director at Haley Venture Partners. Steve, welcome back to the show. Oh, good to be here. Appreciate the invite. Well, it's always good to speak with you and one of the few investors who have been with us all three years. So I think you know our listeners aren't naive. They know that investing in a lot of ways is a numbers game and firms make a bunch of investments hoping that more of their bets succeed than fail. But you do two things that really turn the odds in your favor. And I remember you telling me this in one of our previous interviews, but I really thought it was insightful is the first thing you do is you approach the early stage deals like a lot of other firms approach their late stage deals and they, your due diligence process for your early stage deals is very rigid. And then the second thing you do is you make further investments into those companies to help them along. I want to start there today. Can you sort of expand on that strategy and why it's been so successful for you? So I think the biggest thing that most investors in the space don't understand is risk. Investing in private companies in particular is probably one of the most risky investments you can make. And we look to reduce that risk in any way we can. There's too many people that are euphoric. They think the industry is growing at a million percent per year and everyone's going to be billionaires. But even in this industry, even in a growing industry, there's just risk around every corner. Mm-hmm. And investing at the seed stage typically isn't for everyone. You are taking on a ton of risk. What we do to control that is we do an enormous amount of due diligence to help increase our odds that these companies are going to be successful mm-hmm. later on because there's just a lot of unknowns at the seed stage. We've worked in primary investing most of our careers. We've worked for startups. We've got tech backgrounds. And so I think that all helps to improve that. But if you don't have those things or you're not doing this 24-7 or you're not getting 2,000 deals a year, your odds are going to be much, much lower. And so that's just one way that we've set ourselves up for success, You know, follow that process. And we've been rigorous with it. I think today we'll do our 10th deal and that's in three or four years. I know people that have done 60 deals in one year. Yeah. Also, you mentioned we do invest over multiple rounds. This is, again, a way to control risk. We don't want to put our entire allocation into a very early stage company and not have it work out. It's better for us to put in a smaller allocation, watch the company, help them grow, help them succeed. And then when things have gotten better, we can then put in a second tranche, obviously, hopefully at a higher valuation. Mm -hmm. You mentioned in one of our previous talks that an entrepreneur doesn't have a fundraising gene. Like it's not like they're that's just because you're good at running a company doesn't mean you're good at raising capital. So that takes that pressure off of them, knowing that you're there to help them in those next rounds and they can focus more about running their business than the raising capital. Absolutely. Fundraising is the single hardest thing to do in this industry, even for us. And finding an entrepreneur that knows their sector, knows the industry, can run a business and 
motivate and manage people and also fundraise is very difficult. So it takes an enormous amount of time away from them running their businesses. Number one complaint in the industry, trying to have to fundraise, which takes an, an enormous amount of time instead of run their business. Same for us. There's, there's very few great investors that are also great uh, fundraisers. Some are good at one, some are good at the other. And so we suffer from the same thing that they do. But if we can give them some level of security that, you know, we'll be there for that next round, it just takes an enormous amount of pressure off them. They can focus on executing and not worrying about where the next level of funding comes from. Obviously, they need to execute within a, a range of outcomes. Don't typically fund companies that aren't winning. We've got a very pristine portfolio, and so it makes it very easy for us to, to fund those follow-on rounds. You mentioned earlier they see a couple thousand deals a year. I know a lot of companies pause their fundraising back in the spring. Have you seen the submission starting to ramp back up again? I think that there's two groups. Companies that needed money certainly didn't stop. They just they just went forward. We're not seeing a, as, as quite as many new non-plant touching sort of ancillary businesses start up, but there were so many we couldn't even possibly talk to everybody previously. Right. So now it's a little more manageable. Yeah. But we're seeing great teams every day and there's no lack of opportunities. We actually can focus on higher quality ones now and not have to kind of wade through everything until we find those gems. So You also mentioned that it's important for you to have the respect of your peers in this industry because the cannabis investment community is kind of small and most deals are done as a group. You know, you do a lot of deals with other venture groups and it's maybe expand on that a little bit, why that's so important. Well, the biggest thing is there is a human error or human bias that if, say, one fund does an early stage deal and then it, it goes out you know, a year later for another round of capital, there is a strange thing where other venture funds don't want to invest in that one because they feel like you know they're helping that team out or it's just uh, it's yeah. only got one group that's approved it. And so we try to do small syndicates, formal or informal, to help with that problem. So we all go in this round. We all invest at the same time. And therefore, in the next round, we're all probably going to be there as long as we have capital and, and the company's meeting their, their forecasts. We've got a group of four or five teams we work with a lot. I've got probably three to four you know, overlaps with any fund out there that we work with. And so we've got a lot of things to talk about and do deals together. We just helped put a five fund syndicate together for a company we invested in a few months ago. We're doing an early stage deal today and we brought another fund in. They just can't take any more money. So we didn't go out and find more funds. Mm -hmm. But it's really important to work with other teams. The sum of the parts is always greater than the parts themselves. And the other teams are going to find issues and positives or negatives that you missed. And we're going to share that due diligence. You know, we have our ultra secret investor, you know, Slack rooms and WhatsApp rooms that uh, we all talk. So the investors have a lot of cloud in the industry. Talk about your portfolio companies real quickly. Uh, how has COVID impacted them? COVID has impacted us positively, for sure. As some people may know we've got a portfolio company called Pathogen DX that has kind of pioneered the next generation testing for microbial and bacterial contamination. 24 days later, after COVID hit, they had a test for COVID up and running. And this, nice. so they were always going to, you know, add new products and back into the non-cannabis industry. And they've got that out there. It's, it's kind of in the final stages of FDA approval, although they are able to sell it to facilities to test their facilities. And wow. so it's helped them, Willow Industries, they lease machines that uses ozone, which is just oxygen, to decontaminate a flower. 
every plant in the world has some level of contamination on it from the environment. And I think people are starting to have concerns that maybe their weeds got COVID on it or whatever, and their sales are starting to skyrocket as the growers put these machines in to clean up their crop. Yeah. There's a silver lining in this, I guess is what it, you're saying is it's not all bad. It's not all bad. percent positive for us, besides yeah. just the general disruption of conferences and talking to investors and trying to get a hold of companies and that and face-to-face meetings. Another company, Bloom Automation, does robotic trimming of cannabis. And, you know, we're hearing people don't want hand trimmers out there breathing on the, the yeah. flower all day long. And so they're starting to see their sales pick up and a lot of interest there. So it's been a big positive. That's great. That's great. For our listeners who are considering jumping back into cannabis investing, is now a good time? And if it is, why invest with Haley? Now is a is the best time I've seen it. And I'll be honest, the, the public markets have traded off so strongly that things have better valuations now. You know, you're probably not going to get a 5x or a 10x out of a public company, but you're liquid, you can get a smaller return and have that liquidity. You know, for us, you know, we're getting closer to legalization. So whether the Democrats win or lose, I think it's it's still coming in the next few years. Uh, that gives us a couple years to, to put our bets down and to reap the rewards when that happens. We are seeing traditional venture funds get into the industry, which is great because they eventually, hopefully, they'll pay their normal, very, very high valuations. Right now, they're being a little more conservative. But one of our companies, Spring Big, had their round led by a traditional venture fund out of San Diego. That's a great indicator that maybe they are going to come into the industry and, and we'll be happy to sell them our shares when they do. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. And so to follow up on that one, if investors are interested in working with Haley, what are some of the other advantages that you provide? Well, we've certainly been around for quite a long time. Aaron and I have been in the industry since I've looked at it since 2014 and been directly 100% involved since 20, beginning of 2016. So we've got that deep industry experience. We have the deal flow. And I think our portfolio really stands for itself. Go to the show notes, click the link, and you can find out more about Haley or working with Haley. Haley. And I'm sure, I'm sure Steve would be happy to speak with you. Steve, great to catch up again. Keep things going strong. Let's have you back on the fourth annual Investor Series. (laughs) Happy to come back. Appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, She would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories 
and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.